Welcome to the Evolving Enterprises podcast. We have stories of growth and transformation. This week, I'm going to talk about an actor who's been in the news very much, uh, Matthew Perry, his untimely death and the outpouring of grief from fans across the world has been absolutely massive. Matthew will be best known, of course, for um, playing Chandler Bing in Friends. Uh, a series that ran for 10 years. And Friends was a bit like Marmite. I think uh, you, you genuinely either loved it or hated it. Um, but I think I've, I've known people who are in both camps. What I wanted to talk about was a couple of aspects of Matthew's life that show us such a lot about the way in which we can transform and adjust uh, our way of doing things to be immensely effective. Friends itself as a show attracted an enormous audience. And the way that it did that was, it was neither one thing nor another. Friends came along in 1994 in an era where there were an awful lot of soap operas out there. And America had seen a great many of the, the sort of big 80s soap operas, Dallas and Dynasty, dominating the headlines. Those eventually transitioned into soap operas like The Young and the Restless. And it seemed that there was no space in that market. It was a pretty crowded market. It was something that had been done a lot. And it was very difficult to find a new angle on a soap opera. You just think, as a marketeer, how could you find a new angle? How could you find anything different? And then Friends appeared. And Friends brought together comedy and a soap opera. And so it became immensely new. And it was something that hadn't been heard of before. This concept of bringing together two things which are quite different to form something better than the two is known as integrative thinking. And integrative thinking has been practiced by people uh, for a very long time. The best example of integrative thinking that I know of was John F. Kennedy during the Cuban Missile Crisis. JFK was under pressure to do one of two things in response to the Russian missiles that had been placed on Cuba. He could either bomb the island or he could invade the island. Either way, he was going to end up killing Russian people. If he did that, then Russia was going to retaliate. And the chances are it would retaliate against West Berlin at the time. And then that was World War III. So right in the middle of the 1960s, there was this issue that had bubbled along and was really likely to lead to World War III. Jeff Cage just wouldn't accept that you sleepwalk into a, a war. And so he made, made people think about other ways of doing things. What else could you do? What other ways could you solve this? And no one could really think of anything originally. But after a bit, the idea of a blockade came to mind. Back in the 60s, this, the blockade was actually the strategy they went for. And it didn't really get rid of the missiles, it was very slow, but it did have the effect. The effect that they needed was to negotiate with Russia and remove the missiles in exchange for, I think, some other weapons that were taken out of Turkey at the time. And so integrative thinking has a long history. And integrative thinking bringing together these two ideas of a soap opera and of a comedy show led Friends to being immensely well-respected program at the time, immensely well-followed by some people. As I said at the beginning, not everyone liked it, but it was certainly something that was talked about quite a lot. And it had this huge appeal with a certain group of people. What was immensely sad, though, when we look back on Matthew Perry's life, 
is that he didn't seem to take a huge amount of personal pleasure for the success that he'd achieved. He was earning a vast amount of money per episode towards the end of his time with friends. He was immensely well known. He was a famous guy. And yet he based his whole idea of what was good on one simple thing, on a metric of do you get the laugh? And that's quite brutal, really, trying to make a, an audience see a funny side of something. That's not easy. And it depends, obviously, where the audience are at that time. Sometimes something that could be funny to the audience at a particular time wouldn't be at another. And feeling that you are a success or a failure just by getting the laugh is quite a challenge. Similar people have been down that journey uh, as well um, over the years. There are a great many comedians around. One that really stands out is a British comedian called Ken Dodd. Ken was known for a number of things, uh, not least his uh, tax evasion case. He naturally couldn't help being a comedian. He was a very funny man. And throughout the case, there were moments where the judge had to keep banging his hammer down and saying, Mr. Dodd, I must remind you that this is a court of law, not a theatre. And of course, the jury were in fits of laughter throughout the entire episode. But what stands out um, and what we can contrast in terms of uh, Matt Perry's approach versus Ken Dodd's approach was that Ken took a very analytical approach to comedy. He's probably the most analytical co comic I've ever come across. He built what was called a giggle map. So he started to work on what jokes people find funny um, and where. And Ken worked predominantly in the United Kingdom and he worked out that one-liners, for example, appeal very much to Scottish people. Slightly more subtle jokes work better south of the border. But Ken's ability to be able to look at a, a situation and analyse it and then come back with, OK, so some things work and some things don't, but let's see if we can find a way to hone and adjust um, the next time that we do this. And he was a comic who had uh, worked for many years in the comedy business. And that was a business that was diminishing massively over time. When Ken started out in his career, a lot of families would still take holidays in the UK. Ken's career spanned the 70s, 80s, 90s, when quite a lot of people began to go on holiday abroad in the UK. And he was really in a time of, of great decline. The usual route that uh, comics took was to work um, in the big holiday towns during the summer. And the season in those towns shrank. The number of theatres shrank. If you were in, um, looking at it from a purely analytical perspective at the beginning, you might well have said to Ken, don't go into this at all. It's a diminishing business. So unlike the area that Matthew Perry was in, which was clearly an area of massive growth, Ken Dodd was in something that was very much going out of fashion. And yet he made an amazing career out of it and he continued to perform until he was 90. And the way that he did that was to really work analytically on what is it that's going to get the laugh? What is it that's going to uh, appeal to people? And how do you try to move an audience from one place to another? It's something that's so difficult for us to do often, but is essential if we want to transform and to move organisations forward. We need to be in a position where we can get people to think about things in a slightly different way, where we can elicit an emotion. One of the things that Ken Dodd often, often looked at was 
Where have the people come from that have come into this show? Have they come from work? Have they come from home? What's it like out there? Some comics would be quite insulated in their nice warm theatre. But is it blowing a gale? Is it freezing cold? What's happening? What's going to be at the back of those people's minds as they come and they sit in that theatre? And then Ken began his act. And the act generally ended up with most of the audience falling about in stitches. Ken had a whole lot of different approaches, but he was one of the few people who would go and work almost anywhere. One of the quotes that I very much like from Ken was when he used to talk about Sigmund Freud. And Ken said, Freud said that laughter is the outward expression of the psyche. And then Ken said, yeah, but Freud never had to play second house at Glasgow Empire on a Saturday night. For people outside of the UK, Glasgow Empire is a tough venue. Um, it's a venue which, um, particularly the second house, would be full of quite drunk people who would be really difficult to uh, entertain. And so Ken adapted his style for the audience. He got a really big drum and banged it every now and then. And he brought some very loud things. He brought something that would appeal to that audience. And so he was able to work almost any audience and he was able to take some of those things that other people might have considered as failure and build on those as success. So if some of those jokes didn't work, if they hadn't worked in a particular place very well, he was going to keep them on his giggle map and he was going to look at, okay, so what does, what is it that we can use? And that proved to be an excellent source of reference. The, the very sad and very untimely death of Matthew Perry leads us really to take stock of how you can adapt and change and move forward. Not everyone who appears to be successful is. And I think the key thing to learn when we're thinking about enterprises is what is the measure of success? Matthew Perry's measure of success was the laugh. Can I be the one who get, gets the laugh? Other people had a slightly different measure of success. And certainly when you looked at Matthew Perry for all those years, he looked like an immensely successful person. So it's amazing to see how different our view is of success. The most crucial questions to ask in any corporate change programme, what is it that we're really aiming for? And how do we know we've got there? What is it that we will do? And why? What, what's the change that we really want? The more we can be honest with ourselves about the reason why we want some of those changes and the reason why we want an organisation to be the way it is, the easier it will be to get to that point, the easier it will be to know you've got there. And the more that we can try to be as honest with our, ourselves as possible about how successful we've been and where some of those gaps are, the, the better. Naturally, everyone in the world is going to have failed. The only people who haven't failed are the people who haven't done anything at all. And the ability to really look honestly and stand, I often say from the ceiling, and look down and look at how much have you really achieved and how well have you done, that's immensely important. And so if any Matthew Perry had been able to take stock that little bit more from the ceiling and take stock of a really successful career, one in which he had entertained a great number of people and made a huge difference to those people. Perhaps some of his problems wouldn't have been as great as they were. But we can only look back on his life and say he did a lot of great things and there was a huge amount of potential there. This is the Evolving Enterprises podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>